Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 35 Minutes with Gabe Malika. We're back, baby, with another classmate from the class of 2010. It's the wonderful, the fantastic, the fun, the interesting, the talented Bridget Martin, everyone. Uh, Bridget has been something, someone I've been wanting to talk to for so long, and we got to her today, and I was so pumped for it. It was such a fun conversation. It was about books uh, and literature and just a lot of reading stuff, creativity, uh, life trajectory. It was a, truly a blast. The time flew by, which is always how I know we had a good podcast. Um, two weeks in a row, I'm back at my old clip. So hopefully um, I can keep sharing these with you guys. Special pod announcement in a little in a little while. We're going to have a couple of um, uh, episodes uh, coming out soon that is going to be a cross promotion with another podcast that I'm helping to launch. So stick around for that. It's going to be really fun and interesting and very similar to, to my podcast, but we're, we're launching it um, with this, uh, this group that I work with uh, or that I'm working with. We're wonderful and I can't share any details yet. Uh, but if you pay attention to my Instagram, um, and listeners of this podcast, you will see uh, the exciting news we have very soon. That's a little bit of a tease. Um, but I'm glad I could share another wonderful classmate with you all. Um, Bridget works at Scholastic. And so obviously, like I said, lots of book talk, uh, Muppet talk, movies. Uh, Bridget's just like, she really makes me laugh. She finds a lot of joy in life. And I love the way she used the word vibes to describe the things that she enjoys and she's a real delight and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode. And so get into it, everybody. Enjoy the wonderful, the fantastic, the talented, the smart, the fun Bridget Martin, everyone. Here she is. Hello. Hi, Bridget. Hey, you weren't kidding with that 3.5 minutes late. Did, did I nail that? Did I say? <laughs> nail, absolutely nailed That's it. That's great. To the, to the, uh, uh, is my audio okay? Uh, I have a cat that has a tendency to eat all of my headphones. Fine. So, um, you know, if I sound like a garbled robot, let me know. <laughs> I will let you know. It's funny. My roommate's cat was just in my room and I was, for the first, we had a, I just shared an intimate moment with a cat, which is I've been living with this cat for three months. And for the first time ever, I picked it up because it was in my room and it was going to make noise during the podcast. And so we, we shared an intimate moment where I was like, I'm picking you up now. This is a new frontier. And I placed him outside of out of the door. So I feel you on the cats. That's a beautiful thing. I will say, yeah. Bridget, you're wherever you're living is putting me to shame. You look like you're in a home like from oh yeah it you. looks lovely that, it, it doesn't look like a haunted uh horror uh, no it looks it. great i love it well i um when i put out the a little video clip i think people are going to be impressed are, where where do you where do you live Bridget? <laughs> uh these days i'm living in oceanside oceanside so. okay so that's further out east from where we grew up <laughs> it's more like directly it's south, south. I would oh say. okay yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Closer to the water. That, Not great for hurricane. Yeah. Times, was yesterday but, scary? Know, uh, it actually ended up not being anything at yeah. all. So, yeah. I was home. I came home for great. the day because it was, I was in Greenwich Village on Saturday night and I had a show at 10. 
and it was late and then it was like 12 15 and my commute said 50 minutes to my apartment in queens and i was like or i could be home at my parents in an hour and five minutes and i was just like let's just be home with them in case like they lose power and we can like have a kumbaya moment um but it was nice that it was calm you know yeah um we sort of lucked out um but is this your is this your room is this like your living area it's so I'm, i'm admiring like you got like books and stuff it's a you know the office space Fun. i also just hid myself view because i notice whenever i'm in zoom meetings uh for work i do not listen to anything people are saying <laughs> i just kind of watch my little icon to make sure i'm not making a weird face at something yes. it's very distracting so i had to hide myself That's good. so i only see i see i will right compare now. i will compare your domestic bliss to before we started i had to tilt my laptop a quarter inch so that you wouldn't see my towel hanging <laughs> because that's the kind of life that yes. i'm living i always have to be mindful of the frame yes right? yes yeah you're you have more of a visual eye i think than i do i'm uh <laughs> i feel like i'm an auditory person visuals uh take it or leave it but anyway thank you for doing this podcast um i appreciate it Absolutely. it's gonna be fun um i've been meaning to have you on forever and we finally get to do it um Goodness, there's so many places we could start. Let's start with this one thing that I know we have in common, which is that you work you work at Scholastic. Is that right now? I sure do. Yeah. So here's my little Scholastic story that I'm going to ask you a million questions, which is the first mm-hmm. is that um, I went to the Scholastic building for like a teacher's. It was through the Academy for Teachers. And I did like a teaching teachers who write humorous things workshop um, with this guy. Um uh, not Will Menneker, that's his son, um, Daniel Menneker, uh, who wrote for the New Yorker okay. for many years. And like the building is amazing. There's like Captain Underpants stuff. And I know. Yeah. It really made me happy. When was the last time you were there? The building. I haven't been there since, you know, March of uh, 2020. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, so, and we just got notice a couple of uh, I guess last week that we're not going back now till January, uh, but we have the option to go in if we choose to. But I kind of like my lifestyle right now of waking up five minutes before 9 a.m. So we'll see if I end up taking them up on actually going in before I act, uh, before it's mandatory. Of course, so. of course. And what kind of things do you do for the Scholastic book people? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just to note on your admiration of the building, it is such a, f- a fun uh, place to be that, yeah. you know, like you said, there's like a life size, <laughs> a larger than life, I would say, Captain Underpants, you know, punching his way through the wall. <laughs> um, you have like a Lego magic school bus mural, uh, decals galore everywhere. It just, it feels like your childhood and it's, yeah. it, it's a really first edition books that's what i love too yeah and all of the uh the rooms there it sounds like you know we're we have like an underground like communist uh situation (laughs) happening you know we have the big red auditorium and um i guess it's really just that one sure sure (laughs) it's like collegiate in some way yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely great. No, so for I work in the trade sales division, so I get to uh, just kind of talk about books all day with buyers, and you know, it's it's like a an everlasting book club. Fun. So it 
Yeah, yeah, definitely fun. Um, I love it. Is there a particular yeah. age group of of books that you sort of like represent, or are you sort of all over the map? It's all, yeah, all over the map, everywhere from like baby to like eighteen. Like, so that's where we like end everything. It's like YA is like the highest we go. Okay. Like, we don't do adult or anything. It's strictly kids, um, which is a lot of fun because it's like you know important. It's an important part of. Uh, kids development to be able to like read and learn and grow and like oh, absolutely access educational material. So I, I definitely like what I do. Um, and yeah, and I love the people I work with. I bet. So. I feel like it's just all like English majors, but also just like people who love yes. to read. Yeah. Yeah. And like the sales department is like also English majors uh, that are like secretly bad at math. And we're like, how did we end so up fun. doing math stuff? Because <laughs> none of us, I mean, are good sure. at it. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's great. And we're all like equally as uh, socially developed at the same level. <laughs> so I feel like I'm with my peers. It's great. Yeah. That's a good um, feeling. Um, yeah, when yeah. you were a kid, like, what were your, were you like an avid reader? Were you a big, like reading kid? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely that person that just retreated in on myself. I don't think I said many words to many people sure. in my entire time at GC. Like I just, uh, lived in my own mind and with my little books that I retreated to, oh, fun. um, and for like coping, you sure. know, so <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Do you remember like, I was like, these are my friends. Sure. You know? Sure. So that's, so that's high school. But how about like when you were like a child, child? Oh yeah. No, no. I'm talking about. Oh things. yeah. You're talking about like elementary school, like yeah, yeah, school even stuff. elementary school. Yeah. I was like, give me all the ghost books. Like give me all the weird, like fantasy stuff. Oh, like fun. let me just fully escape. Like, um, I, yeah, I just, I remember loving, you know, like animorphs. I was I had a big animorphs phase, and that's the scholastic. Of course, animorphs, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was like these, I, and I didn't really know you were supposed to read them in order either. I just like picked them out based on like which animals I like. Sure, sure. So the plot line was very confusing. I was like, I don't know, like there's a war happening, aliens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really fun. Were yeah, you a big so Garden City Library kid? Because I feel like I was there a fair amount. No, I actually wasn't. I was more of like a hide in like a corner of my house with whatever books were available. Oh, that's fun. Um, so, so you always loved yeah. it. You were always just like, as soon as you could read, you were, you had books in the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even just like, let me some Edgar Allan Poe, like give me all that dark stuff. Yeah. Like, like Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales were my jam uh, for a while. And of course, like the classics, Harry Potter, yeah. like you gotta be a Harry Potter kid. Um, except now that I work in publishing, everyone's like, like that level of Harry Potter nerd. Oh, sure. Um, and now I'm like, oh, well, you guys are making it uncool now. So I can't like it <laughs> as much anymore because I see myself reflected in the way you're talking about it. And I don't want that. Were so, you a and Harry also, Potter? J.K. Rowling's like a problematic you know. fave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. With you. She's um, yeah, yeah. she's just like like no one asked her to speak she's about like these. Yeah, now. no one asked you to like. <laughs> no one asked your opinion on like trans people. <laughs> just like let I them know, be themselves. Yeah. Um, the thing I were you a Harry Potter book at midnight person because that was a big tradition. Uh, I, 
I absolutely was a Harry Potter book every night person. I uh, would dress up as a wizard, as you do, and show up. uh, I would show up with my family and, you know, wait it out. Which Barnes and Noble? Because we might have been there at the same time. I, I was a I I went to Borders. Oh, you were a Borders R. girl. R.I.P. Yeah. Borders. Oh. So yeah. Okay, I think I know that Borders you're talking about because yes. Okay, I was the one. We would go to the Barnes and Noble in the Red Mall. Um, by like uh, there's like a Stop and Shop in the Guitar Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never knew it had a name. It had, a Red Mall. Maybe Red that's Mall. just an informal thing that my family that we call it. Um. um but i would go to that one a lot um because it was it was right i was i was in the mop section that's right it was was right right there yeah do you remember the first because we were books by the time book four came out we were midnight people so four five six and seven we we waited for it midnight do you remember your first time doing that dressing up oh i mean i think i was i was doing it since like uh, book three i would say like when the midnight yeah I think that's when like the midnight things really kicked off. I don't know if they could have been happening before. I just wasn't aware yeah. of them. Um, and I think I might've gotten into them like slightly later. Cause I think the first one might've come out in like 98. So that was like a little, a little before yeah. when I started, like I started reading them in second grade mm-hmm. actually because I saw Leslie Diana reading Whoa. them. And I was like, that's a big book. Yeah. I want to read a big book. Like, sure yeah she was at my she came to my show the other night i just talked to her oh my gosh that's great yeah good yeah oh that's Um, really fun do you do you have a favorite harry potter book because i'm very passionate about this topic i yeah i can i sense that energy from you um i it's it's very hard um i think i was a a book three person and that's That's the right answer you you win charlie uh, you get the whole factory Oh, thank you so much. I feel like my motivation for loving book three is like not a great one. I had like a huge crush on Lupin. Sure, of course. uh, You know, so. (laughs) That's as good a reason as any. Yeah. I like the third one because the first two, it's like, it's obviously a whole, like a big giant world that you're learning about. But the third one is when you zoom out and you're like, he has this, there's this guy, Sirius Black. And there's this, like, it just zooms out in a way that I found so compelling where I was like, oh, we're not just talking about this one school. We're talking about a whole adult mm-hmm. world with things that we'll, we'll learn. And I had never seen a book zoom out in that way before. Um, yeah. But I found really, really compelling. I love that book. Yeah, it was it was great. Bad movie, great yes. book. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I don't want to see them in normal clothes. That's not what I'm here yeah. for. Yeah, so. I felt the same way. My buddy, my, my buddy Igor, who's uh, a comic and a couple of years older than me, like just read them for the first time. And so we had this like really beautiful conversation with this like 35 year old man who's like, oh, these books are so good. I'm like, yeah, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's never too late to join the Harry Potter party. I mean, they're basically what, uh, like those books pretty much fund everything we do. Oh, sure. At Scholastic. (laughs) So, uh, although the Dave Pilkey books have surpassed them now. Really? Dave Pilkey? Yes, Dave is taken over. He is a treasure. And I'm very, very happy for him. Yeah. That he's he's number Dave one. Dave without the so. E. I use, you know what I borrow from him? Bef- I use the phrase, before I can tell you that story, I have to tell you this story. I love that line. Uh-huh. That's just like a nice little um, storytelling device. Um, but yeah, I'm like a, 
I'm a Harry Potter person and I probably am not like super loud about it, but when people want to talk about it, I'm like, hell yeah, let's talk about Harry Potter. Like I'm more than happy to, uh, to dive in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Third. Except I, you know, I've only really realized how like bad of a Harry Potter fan I am once I started working in publishing mm. because you have diehards, like really hardcore, die- like people with tattoos of yeah. like, like you know harry potter phrases on their body and oh, the like stars uh going going to trivia nights where they know every detail yeah. about the books and i'm like i just love the vibes guys like don't ask me yeah. that really specific town that like gilderoy lockhart grew up in like i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> i'm just here for the vibes the harry potter vibes is so funny yeah, yeah um yes i totally agree i feel like i have that same um that same approach to it um shit i just thought of something to say and then i i lost it but i agree with you on the vibes oh the thing i wanted to say earlier was that you said animorphs out of order my second grade teacher miss petrella who i love dearly (laughs) read us the first book like aloud in class it was like a second because she was like you guys should get into this and then at home since we were already reading the first book, my mom read aloud to us the second book. So I was sort of getting like books one and two sort of like combined in my head in some weird way. Cause I got one first, um, but have since, you know, I think the last time I read them cover to cover was after freshman year of college, I was in a weird transitional part of my life. And I was just like, I just need to be connected to this thing that makes me feel comfortable. And I just like, like annihilated (laughs) them. And then you're like, Oh, this is a commentary on war being bad. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't get that when I was in third grade. Absolutely. And like I the moodiness of the the teenagers in the fifth book, where like Harry's pretty unlikable because like he's going through oh, puberty. Oh, sorry. I thought we, I was on, I was still on Adam. Oh, on Adam. Yes, yes. You're on Harry. Back to, but probably this. Yeah, same, yeah. By the right? time we get to the sixth or seventh book, we're against war. <laughs> there's, there's some real yeah. uh, Death Eater Nazi comparisons that we could talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, well, I feel well digested in Harry Potter. And I'm very happy to learn that Dave Pilkey is surpassing the Harry. Without, do they make a Captain Underpants movie? I think, yeah, I think there was a, um, I know there's definitely a TV series, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a movie as well. Um, I've only been recently trying to like dive into all of that content mm. because I'm like, this is like a pretty big property for Scholastic. Like I should just like immerse myself in it as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and I like never realized how, like how beautifully deep some of these yeah. <laughs> graphic novels yeah. are. Like, they're just so like charmingly lovely. And I, you know, we can, I have, I have uh, the new cat, well, last year's cat kid with me. Oh, fun. Yeah, um, there it is. Which is a spinoff from uh, Dog Man. But I, you know, I thought maybe a nice way to end this at the end is to read one of Dave's haikus oh, man. in here, which is just beautiful. That would not be the first time we read poetry on this podcast. I would love that, Bridget. That's such a nice way to end. Yes. I love that idea. Um, okay, cool. Oh, another question for you. Does the Scholastic Book Fair still exist? It does, but it kind of, um, they pressed pause on it during the pandemic because schools like not being open and needing to like have them in a school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so not this past year, but they still exist. Um, and they're, they're great. Yeah. Who, 
prepare the company. So I know everyone always just like thinks Scholastic is so synonymous with the book fairs, but there's like so many other divisions within the company and like so many great uh, people that work there. I so. bet. I bet. I actually, I was at a yeah. special needs. I worked at the Viscardi school on Long Island for a year. And I think that was the last Scholastic book fair I was at. It was like 2015, maybe. Um, and I saw those red shelves and I was like, oh, I remember this. This was like the best day of the year to have a little pocket money. Um, that's really fun. So, okay. So now let's talk about you. So how did you, how did you get into publishing? And then maybe we'll go back and do childhood and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 So uh, I kind of took a roundabout way to get there. Um, and I, I, I originally went to college to be um, a music major because I wanted to be a music teacher. Sure. Same, we have that in um, common. I, yeah, absolutely. And I quickly realized that I would very easily get eaten alive by children <laughs> if I became a teacher because I don't really have that like authoritative persona. Sure. So I... I chatted with um, Ashley Bressingham, actually, mm-hmm. and she was like, you love books. Why don't you become an English major and work in publishing? Yeah. And I was like, because like when I had my like midlife crisis at, at 20, <laughs> she was already in the workforce and was working in publishing at the time. And she was like, you would love this. And I'm like, OK, yeah, I'll do that thing you're suggesting <laughs> because I can't make decisions for of myself. Course. So I switched schools and switched majors. So um, from where to where? Uh, so I started at CW Post, mm-hmm. um, you know, got to say grades in high school weren't the best, <laughs> but it's amazing what eight hours of sleep will do once you start getting that. And my grades improved once I was in college. I bet they did. Yeah. And I was able once to be at school at 740 in the morning. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And I switched over to Stony Brook, became an English major. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to work in publishing. This is going to be great. Um, and I think probably the motivation to work in publishing was more like, I need to be like an inside spy and figure out how publishing works. And then <laughs> I can like figure out how I can get published because I'll like know who to email. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. There's no like, there's no backdoor. And it's like saying, I want to be an actress, but first I'll become a, a cameraman and then I'll figure out how sure. sets work. <laughs> you know, it's just not... Not how that happened, how that sure. was. But um, I I got into publishing in the sales department. I had I had the intention to switch over to editorial eventually, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, sales isn't bad. Like these guys are cool, and like you get to just talk about books all the time. Um, you know, spreadsheets aren't fun, but like talking about books is, and like it's kind of neat to like see the whole process of when like a book is brought into like acquisitions and like when it's like really raw and rough. And then when you're finally at the stage of like selling it in like many months later, and it's like this polished, like beautiful thing with like a shiny cover and like, you know, you get to talk about it to the buyer, which it's, it's just like the same person that you're talking to all the time. Like you get like one contact and you're like, Hey, like person, I like, I have this really cool book. You're going to love it. And they're like, cool. We'll take like a million copies. <laughs> and like, that's how, <laughs> that's how my job works. It's yeah. Great. What kind of buyers um, are these? Are these like bookstores or. Yeah. It's like, it's bookstores. It, well, yeah. So it's like 
you know, selling to bookstores, indies, like wholesalers. Like for me, like my accounts are like airport chains and BJs um, and like military bases. So. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Cause that's where you yeah, need yeah. books. Yeah. So, it, and like everyone has their own like um, accounts and stuff. So it's, it's nice. And you're dealing with just like one or two people and talking to them, like whenever, whenever you have books to talk yeah. about. So that's really fun. I love yeah. the idea that you're, you're providing military children with the books that they will read. Yeah. Why not? Everyone's got it. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a cool, a cool gig. Um, and yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm, I'm in it. I'm glad this is a path I took. Um, I feel, I feel like I really found like, you know, f- folks who are on like the same, like vibe level as me. So I, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Being around book people. So I work in a library during my day. Oh, you? I, I don't, I see Gabe. I had no idea. What yeah. Do. Yeah. I work in a writing I center at a high school. That's awesome. Um, so I also am surrounded by books all day. Um, and a librarian, you know, so I, 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 I oh, get yeah, the vibes, yeah. but librarians are like a different, vibe. yes, different vibe. <laughs> yes. I would agree. A little like tune up the intensity a little bit. Like they are passionate about, about books. Yeah. Books. I mean, I've had more conversations, conversations about like, um, uh, inherent bias in the Dewey decimal system that I could possibly uh, yeah, we could, t- we could get into it. It's just like, where do you put certain books? Where do you get, where do certain things get labeled? It's sort of the analogy I would make is it's sort of like, um, people who design grocery stores where it's like, do we have a health food section or do we just put the healthy foods within the other aisles and sort of integrate them? It's like, which, which one's better for people's hmm. health in the same way. It's like, do we put this book on, um, gender and sexuality in the gender and sexuality section, or do we put it in the, uh, is it a fiction book? Do we put it just with the fiction and integrate it in that way? Um, so yeah, sometimes it's a little bit more of an intense vibe. I don't really do any of that. I barely check out people's books, but um, I am around. I'm a, I am library adjacent. I love, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's nice. And yeah. I do have a stack of their books in my de- on my desk where I'm just like, ooh, if I have 10 minutes, I'll like crack open this like jazz book and maybe learn something. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they're all about like preserving and loving books. And like my job is more like, oh, I have to sell this book in, but they need to see what a book looks like because, you know, the computer isn't always the best way to look at a book. So like I have to take books and like glue stick on like fake covers onto them or like you know, cut them up to be the right trim size and then mail it off so that a buyer could put it on a, like a mocked up shelf of like, oh, this is what it'll look like in the grocery store. So we want to see like how yeah. it lines up with all these other books. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that would just hurt the librarian's heart a little sure, bit. Sure. <laughs> so you, you are quite literally judging books by covers because you have to. Yeah. Oh, you have to, you have to. The cover's important. Yeah. I'm curious about, it, it, I mean, yeah. when I see those Harry Potter rebrands, I'm like, I get the rebrand, but I'm also like, but I have my original cover, like, like my Harry Potter three cover is sacred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's also the collectability aspect mm. of it. So if you like, you know, like Brian Selznick's art or um, like Jim Kay's art, like you're going to want to have that version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and now we have, um, 
the like these they're Mina Lima editions of the Harry Potter books. So it's the artists who made all of the paper crafts in the movies um, have their own version of the Harry Potter books now, where there's like pop up elements in the book, and it's their own art as the cover. So it's like those feel really special and collectible too. Yeah. So it's, it's for that fan that just wants every version of Harry Potter just to have yeah. it on their shelves, or even a reader who might not be drawn to like the original um, Mary Grant Prey's uh, artwork, but they might want the newer, fresher, like colorful version of like the Mina Lima edition. Yeah, so. that's fun. Have you been to Edinburgh? I have oh, not. Oh, you got to go because that's where she wrote the books. And I, one of the first places I ever wrote jokes was at the Elephant House, which is where she wrote the first book. Um, and they have like in the case, there's like a first edition book cover of harry potter and in the bathrooms is all these harry potter graffiti mm. it's um it's neat i i have gone to i went to london last year before the pandemic happened yeah. and i went to uh the mina lima store um you know just to check it out it's like they have like the fireplace with all the letters coming out of oh, it yeah. but you can also buy artwork and it's, it's a really neat store um and I, being a terrible employee of Scholastic, did not realize that the first uh, Mina Lima edition of Sorcerer's Stone was announced yet. So I had gone into the store and like an associate was asking me like, oh, if I needed any help. And I was like, no, like, but you know, I'm sure you're all like so stoked about like the new book coming out. And he was like, what are you talking about? Uh, You know, I don't know a book coming out and I was like oh you, you mean like how do you not know it's it's great and I was like oh like I work for Scholastic and he was like oh my god I thought you were like a corporate spy that like came in to like test me <laughs> if I wouldn't break about that's so funny oh secret. so he knew also yeah he knew he but was he playing said earlier dumb. that day I guess the illustrators like came in or like a, a legal person came in being like, like, make sure like you don't talk about this. It's like top secret. And I had come in later, like some chump just being like, Hey, like I didn't read the corporate memo about not talking about this. That's like, so funny. <laughs> whoops. Um, but he yeah, thought you were like a Rita uh, Skeeter type spy. Yeah, he did. He did. And I wasn't at all. And I felt so bad that I like caused him a moment of stress. That's um, some deep Harry Potter lore that we just got into. That's yeah. very funny, Bridget. I love that story. Um, do you guys also have the Roald Dahl books? Is he scholastic? Um, he's not, but we did um, come out with a graphic novel of uh, the, the witches. Yeah. It was an adaption from like the it was a French version of uh-huh. it. Um, and we got the translation rights, I guess. So we put it oh, out. Cool. Very cool. The I tradition. ask because when you're talking yeah. about that, those book, those illustrators that uh, those Quentin Blake illustrations, I love so mm. much. And then one day, a yes, couple of years so ago, iconic. I was like on his website and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I could get like an original Quentin Blake. And then like, you look on the website and they're like, absolutely not. <laughs> like he's a very particular <laughs> man. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> but okay. I do love his artwork a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, it was like man. color those watercolors everyone's sort of like gaunt and i know yeah very disturbing looking yes. artwork but also nostalgic yeah so. speaking of problematic faves roald Dahl, not the uh 
Oh no, I don't know the scandal with him, but I imagine he. He just like has some anti-Semitism. Anyone, anyone old is just like, oh, they must have something. (laughs) Yes, yes. Were you a Roald Dahl kid? Did you like his books when Um, you were a kid? I, I, I mean, I did only because I loved the movie James and the Giant Peach. Of course, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, for those, I was more of a movie guy, mm. uh, but I never really, cause like the book versions were like more disturbing. They were more disturbing. So. They were definitely more disturbing. One. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he got into like, cause I was like, he, I was like a completionist with Roald Dahl. He was like one of my, I was a much better reader when I was younger than I am now. <laughs> um, but he was somebody that I like cruised through all the books Were there when you were a little, what were the what were the other types of series and stuff like that, that you were like, Oh, I've read every. Well, I'm actually curious, like if your um, falling out with reading lines up with like the studies that are done on like the decline by nine of like when kids like stop reading as much after nine years old, because that's when they stop choosing the books that they're reading and schools start assigning it. So it becomes more of like a stressful chore. Oh, interesting probably for me it was probably like a little bit later than nine because i was so yeah my mom was so great at this and i tell her this all the time i thank her which is that she would just read to us every night basically no matter what so i was a kid that um i was getting <laughs> fa- family love audiobooks uh read to me every night and then i was reading on mm-hmm. my own so my, for me it was probably like by the time high school came, I was just so busy that I feel like I very rarely like sat down and read. And then college I was reading, you know, for school and stuff like that. And then after college, I got into reading again. Um, and now I, I have books everywhere. I buy books constantly. I don't know how much I, how frequently um, I'm reading. How about you? You, you kept up the reading throughout your childhood? Yeah. It's funny because I'm actually in a book club with my former Disney publishing um, colleagues where it's called the our book club is uh to all the books i've loved before so we all like collectively think of the books we've read as kids that were really special to us so um my like my contributions to that book club were a lot of like the uh eva ibbotson books that wasn't necessarily a series but she had like the dial of ghosts and secret of platform 13 um and those were because they also had like spooky illustrations in Uh them and it brought you into like magical worlds so i loved those um and i i was a big fan of like those magic Kingdom, like magic princess kingdom books mm-hmm. um i forget who they're by but i remember i got those at the scholastic book fair because they had like these crowns on them with gems and i just really wanted the gem on the sure book. of course um, they get you and then i ended up loving the series uh you know it was like each book was about a different princess and their weird gem kingdom mm-hmm. so there was like the diamond princess or the emerald princess. And I thought those were, were fun. So I was more into fantasy, I guess, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Do you, do you find yourself now. still reading either for work or for pleasure? A lot of YA and children's. Um, I mean, I, I have to read a lot of like YA and middle grade stuff for work. So I'm doing that. Like, so I don't really get to branch out as much and read uh, other publishers work. Cause I'm doing a lot for, 
my job. Sure. Um, but then I find interestingly, like my detox away from that is now reading like nonfiction where normally maybe that's not what I would have gravitated to before. Uh-huh. Like I might've picked up like more fiction titles, but, but I think because I I'm so uh, consumed by kids lit and like fiction all the time, I am just like, Oh, I, I need to like, learn about the periodic table or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel that I'm, I'm reading a book right now about oklahoma city and the history it's, it's called okay. boomtown and what i love about it is it's just like little short tiny chapters where it's like who can't read five pages before i go to bed and like feel like i completed something um yeah absolutely I'm really into that um but yeah i've i've, I've gravitated towards some nonfiction, nonfiction also um can i ask you um creatively how you might be spending your time as of late because i know you've like you've written things spiraling (laughs) into so many like places yeah um yeah i'm like i might have a problem i don't know but (laughs) i'm like manically like pouring myself into anything i can and i'm sure that most folks who are interested in creative pursuits do this too um for the writing at least i will write write something, you know, try to solicit it places, get like hundreds of rejections, fall into a pit of despair for a bit, then pick myself back up months later, start a new project and just keep repeating that over and over again. Um, But then also, you know, putting my time into other things. Like I got my certificate, certificate in technical design from FIT because I was like, I want to learn about fabric, power gene and like I you know that does nothing for my career but I just wanted to know about that's the fantastic process of making clothes or um you know I watched the shows Halt and Catch Fire and uh Mythic Quest and I've decided I need to create an app now <laughs> um, so I contacted a software development firm in Australia and I'm like hey like can I make an app and they're like I guess like um so I I do a lot of spiraling into random pursuits like glass blowing Bridget um, I'm know, all about so. this lifestyle <laughs> and I'm like am I okay <laughs> I um but I do have thankfully like I have a couple of things in the pipeline that might be happening uh very uh, like they're looking like they're happening and I can't quite discuss it yet, but, um, you know, it's, it's looking good and I'm hope I'm hopeful that it'll become something. So. Yeah. In terms of like your own creative creativity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I feel like I'm, I might've finally gotten my break and I can, talk about it more in the end at the end of september yeah well so you let that, me know and then i'll when i intro another episode i'll be like by the way loyal listeners this is what bridget <laughs> yeah, was absolutely. alluding to an ad yeah um yeah you can be one of my you can be an ad that's a <laughs> that's or just like a fun uh postscript update that's really exciting bridget i i love that energy out in the world um it's a thing that i think is really valuable and i think all our interests overlap you know so like okay. i'm not somebody that thinks oh like i do stand up so i should be reading steve martin's book again where it's like oh it's a great, it's a great book. book born stand yes up. it's incredible i i read that um, 
like during it was one of my pandemic oh, leaves, and I was shocked at how much my life parallels things. <laughs> I was like, oh, so if your last name is Martin and you've grown up in a tumultuous household, you will then get really into magic and work for Disney, <laughs> learn the banjo and, uh, <laughs> you know, have a connection with uh, a framing company in Long Island City. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was like, oh, what? Like, he had his artwork. Like, he's a big art collector, yeah. as I'm sure we've read in the um, memoir, autobiography, yeah, whatever I've read it, it a few is. Times. Um, and he has his art um, framed at the place that Kira work, used to work at in Long Island really? City, Bark Frameworks. So, uh, I was like, wow, all these connections, yeah, tons of connections. That's, um, that's fabulous. Yeah. I, so here I go, uh, my friend that I work with works for a family that, um, the father is like a head electrician at a Broadway theater. And so he's mm-hmm. like in at all these Broadway and Broadway adjacent events and people and stuff like that. And recently my buddy Mahmood and I got invited. They're like, Oh, you guys like poker? Like you should come to our tournament. Every once in a while, Steve Martin comes. And I was like, I would That's lose my wild. mind if I was playing poker against <laughs> Steve Martin. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, that would, that would be something special for sure. Yeah. I would, um, I wouldn't know what to do. I would try to keep my calm. No. Yeah. I, I normally don't know what to do with like, my face or my body or like the words coming out of my mouth so yeah you know just throw a celebrity into the mix and i would probably just like short circuit and walk away um as i normally do in social situations (laughs) or even at like corporate um you know happy hours or uh icebreakers you know if there's like a moment of silence i'll just be like who wants to hear about my childhood trauma anyone all right let's talk about it i'm like no one wants that that's very funny yeah yeah we and we (laughs) there are times when i feel similarly and i'm like oh i shouldn't put that all that on steve martin you know i should just uh, deal the cards you know um that's uh it's so fun that you do what i was referring to yeah that book's amazing um oh which it sort of brings it so he worked at disney doing magic tricks at disney which i love because it sort of informs a a lens into his crazy comedy um his physical comedy yeah, yeah absolutely um you worked at disney before scholastic yeah, I worked for Disney Publishing for about three years, and that was quite the experience. I would not say it was a positive sure. one. Um, apparently, they're coming out with a book. I'm not sure when it's pubbing, but it's like 24 hours at Disney, and it's like covering all the different parts of the company. But I heard that there's no photos of crying assistants in phone booths. You know, it's like you're not having a normal day there if you walk into the bathroom and you don't hear like muffled weeping so yes for an employee (laughs) making 850 an hour yeah yeah well well i was in like the corporate end of things but you know it becomes like a great sorority of folks because Mm. you know if i see that someone worked there i'm like oh you've been through some bad stuff (laughs) let's help you get out of there that's very sweet that's a good impulse well i imagine do they have a similarly fancy building to scholastic oh no (laughs) Uh, the building I worked in was like a converted uh, parking garage um, on on West End Avenue. Oh wow! Um, so it was 
it was not uh, glamorous in any way, but they are allegedly building a nicer facility downtown. So uh-huh. that one might be nice. Who knows? Sure. But uh, we worked like on half of a floor with like the ABC folks. I see. I see. And I imagine yeah, inherently yeah. the Disney properties and um, in terms of publishing is sort of less compelling than the Scholastic catalog, yeah, it, right? I mean, it's... It made up like half a percent of like their overall revenue for the... Co- so it was really like an afterthought for their corporate model where like Scholastic, it's all... All it is is publishing. Yeah, it's higher so stakes. It's, yeah, yeah. And you feel that love mm. because, you know, it's like the trickle down, like from the top, like, you know, the people running it love books and you you feel that it's not an afterthought it's not like an an extra added way to make money it's like the only Mm. it's more mission driven i would say like they care more about like educating kids and like getting like books into the hands of every reader even if it means like deeply discounting books or giving them out for free or um so it's it's more like kind-hearted yeah i I like i i truly and i am I have a, have you seen the, those things on Facebook going around the Facebook profile pictures that say I have a healthy distrust of authority and I got the vaccine. It's, oh, it's no. a fun like thing to put on your, over your profile picture, which I really like. I think that's funny. And I feel, yeah. I, have, I feel like I have a healthy distrust of corporations. And truly when I walked into Scholastic, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> it's like a warm hug. Like it feels like a warm hug and like being there is like a warm hug. So I, I definitely, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy and I, it feels good to be happy. So yeah, that's I'm a real privilege. grateful for, for being there. Um, and you know, I just feel like I wish it was like more normalized to like talk shit about your former employer. Like <laughs> yeah. it's always, you go on an interview and they're like, yeah, you know, it's like the unspoken rule. Like you have to not say bad things about where you worked before, yeah. but like, I would, I wish you could like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, don't I, talk to me. I love complaining in general. So. <laughs> I was going to say, Bridget, I'm very happy uh, to talk shit about my current employer. You know, oh. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Like, I'll talk, you know, so like if you came in here, it's like, oh, scholastic. Like I would have been like, yeah, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, yeah. But it's, it is nice to know that you enjoy it. Um, and that, yeah. yeah, I mean, Bridget, like that's one of the cool things. I think about New York, but also about you, which is like, oh, you pivot to publishing and you work at Disney for a couple of years and then you work at Scholastic. That's like, there's no better place for you to work. It doesn't sound like, right? But again, it came down to the sorority of folks who were traumatized at Disney sure, because sure. They, they had mass layoffs and I was one of those casualties. I will fully admit sure. that. Um, and I like spammed every person I knew uh, being like, hey, like I am out of work, like as are a bunch of other folks that work at Disney. And one of my former colleagues that had escaped, um, (laughs) bless her, uh, she was at Scholastic and was like, hey, like, come on over. Like, the water's fine. Like, you know, here's a job interview. And I was like, oh, man. Because it's like she she worked there and was like, they're the worst. Yeah. And sorry (laughs) that happened. and yeah, so that ended up getting me the opportunity at the Scholastic. That's fantastic. So. And you've been there how many years? I've been there almost three years now. So Wow, that's great. Yeah. So about a year of working yeah, in the so. building. Um, no, I mean, I was working in the building like t- 
two two years. So. Nice. Yeah, I guess oh, pandemic. Yeah, because we were, so. we're only. Yeah, my my first week at Scholastic, I was still really bitter after the whole Disney of thing, course. and it was the week of the Halloween party at at Scholastic, which is um, judged by R.L. Stein. Um, <laughs> that is not amazing. true. That's the it funniest is. thing I've ever and heard. And he picks the girl who dressed up as Mary McScary, his picture book uh, character. Oh, classic. And I was like, it's rigged, <laughs> but it was still a great experience. Uh, so afterwards, it's like you feel like, mix and mingle chat with R.L. Stein and I went up to him and I again like word vomited how like bitter I was at at uh he's like oh welcome aboard like great to have you here like really nice I'm totally paraphrasing but um (laughs) you know he's more uh low-key than that but um I was like yeah great to be here I'm like really sad and angry at my last company and he's like no man like don't be you know these things happen for a reason like and he shared this anecdote about how he used to work as an editor at Scholastic apparently which I didn't know and he was laid off and he was like and it was in that time that I came up with the Goosebumps series and it worked out right and I was like oh yeah I guess you're right (laughs) like thanks for your optimism or else time. Like, I appreciate you. Um, so that was like a really sweet moment of he's like, don't be such a grump. Like you gotta just like, you're, you're here now and like be happy with that. I'm like, yeah, wow. You're right. You're right R.L. Stein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the Goosebumps series. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I almost brought up Goosebumps earlier. Cause those are some of the books that I remember checking out from the garden city library in that, like, the yeah. old paperback section because they were so colorful and mm-hmm. they sort of really popped it's their 30th anniversary do you feel old about I that because i i sure do <laughs> <laughs> yeah man he could really crank them out he and he writes them like he actually writes them all it's not none of this james patterson <laughs> stuff like he's writing all of yeah these yeah he's a genius i love that when my at the beginning of the pandemic when we were all looking for things to do my dad got a subscription to Masterclass, and rl stein's on there like telling like sitting at his little desk (laughs) yes he's a treasure oh man i love that Masterclass seems great i haven't signed up for any of them but i love it in theory it is Um, sweet in theory i've i feel like I, i watched a couple about like uh like script writing when i had like a script idea okay um and they were like moderately compelling and i was like oh if i like really committed to this i feel like i could get a lot out of it um was was his just like oh when you're writing start at the end and like figure out your outline you know i I didn't watch the rl stein one but i should now that i have i have access to it i think dad signed us up for like a million years um but yeah that's really fun bridget i love that you got words of encouragement from rl stein if only eight-year-old because you i imagine you read some of those books as a child oh heck yeah yeah if only eight-year-old you could see you now i didn't know what to say sure so i just say the worst (laughs) (laughs) also that's just like a really wholesome use of rl stein at halloween where it's like we're gonna bring him in and he's gonna judge even if he does even if he does so (laughs) with an eye towards his uh his his own own property property. yeah (laughs) which i also love you don't you don't write books for like a massively successful book series over the course of 30 years if you don't uh keep the brand strong (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i i respect it (laughs) 
Um, all right, Bridget, we, can you believe we've been talking for 53 minutes? That seems absolutely insane. I cannot believe that at all. I am amazed that I was able to even talk for yeah that we're doing so, we're doing great um yeah, um yeah. is there is there anything we didn't cover that you'd that you'd like to either about like high school music or just like um stuff you're reading now or this is like i'm doing choose your own adventure or yeah. <laughs> um can't give me choices gabe i don't know what to do with those oh you're but married we can talk about I, that I, that's true. <laughs> um yeah no, I mean, I, I do have to give like a little shout out to like high school teacher, Mr. Gus for like also encouraging my reading and writing yeah. uh, because he like I spent most of senior year eating alone in the library with him. So he was great. Mm, see, when you and Mr. Gus, that's very sweet, Bridget. Yeah, we're still buds. I love know? that. I have, to, I, have to re- I have to call him Nathan now, which is weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I still call you Mr. Gus? But For, yeah, he was... Uh, that's great. really sweet. Did he move, right? He lives in the West Coast now? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was in um, New Mexico for a while, and I visited him there to see one of his opera concerts. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, he's, a, he's a singer yeah. now. Um, and now he's in Arizona. So I, I've been meaning to get over there, but, you know, COVID. So. Of course, of course. That's really lovely, Bridget. I love um, mm-hmm. I love hearing that shout out. You know, one. so we end with fill in the blank questions, and a shout out yes, to a high school yes. teacher was one of them. Um, but we oh, see you covered I, it. You I, nailed I, it. Well, see, I listened to all of your podcasts. Oh, that's so kind. So I, like, un- consciously new and you know i do feel like when i listen to your podcast like while i'm driving i'm like laughing along i feel like i'm hanging out with old friends that i was never friends with <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh glenn's making bagels it's amazing <laughs> like, i love that and i've learned so much about aquatic life like, I, I always feel like i i take away like a, a nice uh you know gem of a like fun facts. Oh, that's exciting. That really warms my heart. I, I, I told this to it. I did stand up on Long Island last night or on Friday and there's a middle table. And I was just like, you guys are a table at my wedding. You guys are so fun. That's how I feel about my podcast guests. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, we're going to have podcast guests, which of course is insane. Um, I'll never get married, but, um, no, that's not true, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm glad you've been listening in the car. That really makes me happy. Uh, cause I forget people listen. I just like talk and then I put them out and I try not to like obsess over the numbers, but it's nice that you're, that you're listening. That's fun. Yeah. It's like catching up with people without having to do any of the social yeah. items, which is my favorite. So thank you oh, for that. It's my pleasure. I'm glad, I'm glad I could finally have you. Um, okay, here we go. We're going to start with my favorite question that I wrote, which is your favorite Muppet is blank. <laughs> Oh, my favorite Muppet has to be Kermit. He is the banjo player. And like, oh, my God, I love puppets. Like, Bridget. Um, I did take a puppeteering 101 class. Uh, yeah, you did. In, in the city because, again, spiraling out of control. Um, and it was called the Brooklyn Puppet Conspiracy. And it was like, oh I might have to take that, Bridget. That's treasures. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get like all the women who do it are totally great. And then you get some like a couple of like strange dudes that will like only talk to you with their puppet, um, <laughs> which, <I don't, laughs> uh, which is also an interesting experience. But they're all so talented. And I was just there for the love of puppets. Sure, it's the, and the Brooklyn Puppet else. Collective. Is that what you call it? 
the Brooklyn Cup puppet conspiracy. Conspir- it's a whole conspiracy. It's not even a collective. It's a conspiracy. That's um, so funny. It's run by Dave Fino. And I think he might have a connection with Puppet Kitchen. They like build puppets out of Brooklyn somewhere. Um, Holy cow. And I'm sure you've been to the Museum of Moving Image. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite oh, museum. Oh, sure. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, the Jim Henson exhibit is It's is breathtaking. Great. I could spend my whole life there. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. He's he's like a saint so. can i ask love, so love i it. have an answer to this i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but do you have a favorite muppet movie oh you know again i mean I'll, i'm all in it for the vibes but i do have to say like i guess my favorite is uh about the christmas carol because i do it's fantastic. watch that every i watch it every yeah year, so. it's fantastic that's a great answer i'm a bit k and i are huge we love the great muppet caper um, where okay, they go to London yeah. also, and also treasure. yeah, we just, it just, some of the jokes in there, I think about constantly, I do a joke about one of the jokes, which is they're trying to get a cab. They can't get one. Gonzo dives in front of the cab. The cab stops short. They all get in and Kermit goes, wow, that was great. And Gonzo goes, yeah, it's great when it works. And I think about See, <laughs> your ability to recite uh-huh. quotes from movies is very impressive. I like, I'll read something or watch something. And like 10 minutes later, I've forgotten the entire plot line, but I'm like, I love the way it made me feel. <laughs> so, Bridget, you are truly all about the vibes in a way that I, uh, yeah. I mean, the Brooklyn puppet conspiracy is my next Google search. There, there will be no space yes. between me hanging <laughs> up and me Googling that. Um, but yeah, being all about the vibes is like a good, a good way to live your life. Um, yeah. I feel like I get that from, my grandma, who I watch like old movies with all the time, and she has Ooh. Alzheimer's, so she can only live in the moment. And like, that's how I like to be too. I'm like, we're in this moment. We're enjoying this content. Yeah. We're like ragging on it as we're watching it. Although she doesn't love when I do that with old movies. Because <laughs> um, she's like, these poor writers. Leave them <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I just like enjoy things as they're happening and then immediately forget it. So. Yeah, I, I love that, Bridget. That's a, that's a beautiful answer and a beautiful way to, to live your life. That makes me happy. Um, ooh, your favorite movie snack is blank. Oh, I don't like to snack during no. movies. I only like to talk during movies <laughs> and complain about them as I'm watching them and I annoy everyone around me. That's so funny. So like no popcorn, you're just like there. No. That's because that's a Yeah. I'm there to experience the movie. Wow, that's a great answer. I did not expect that. That's fantastic. Um, this next one I'm gonna need a second because my handwriting is so bad. Oh, oh okay. uh, the best yeah. thing that you read recently is blank. Oh, that's so good and so hard. Oh, actually, I do have an answer. Um, so there's this book coming out by Claribel Ortega called The Witchlings. And I think it's due to pub in February 22. Uh-huh. But I... I think it's gonna be pretty big. It's it's got all the witchy vibes, all the like kind of Harry Potter vibes that like you've been missing, yeah. where it's like a coven of witches, like the, like these young girls who were like about to be sorted into their coven. Like so, you have that like Harry Potter element of like sorting happening, and all the houses are really cool. Like they have like Moth House, which is where all the goths go, or um, like Hyacinth House, which is all of like the like literary cool kids and like it ends up that there's three spares with every sorting and of course the main character gets 
uh, put into the spare coven Mm. and she like invokes this like impossible task to be like hey like grandma witch lady like we want to be in a coven too so we know we have to like overcome this really like intense obstacle to be put into a coven or else we'll be turned into frogs forever um and you know they they're three girls that like didn't like each other to begin with and like one of them was the girl's bully and the main character ends up like uncovering that it was all like misunderstanding moments. So it's like, you know, someone that you thought was your bully wasn't really a bully after all. It was like a misunderstood character. So that was really like lovely about it. And then they're going on these like fun adventures, like to defeat like a creature. So that was that sounds amazing. my recent read. Yeah. yeah. The witchling. Yeah, The Witchlings. She also has another one called Ghost Squad, which is out now that can be read. But Witchlings is poised to be pretty good. Wow. I feel like I'm getting the inside scoop like I'm a Harry Potter employee in London. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. And then that was the final question besides uh, a teacher, a high school teacher you wanted to shout out as blank. Um, But we did that. But this is perfect because it leads into your ending, which is you're going to share with us a Dave Pilkey. I am. I Please. So the stage so, is yours, I mean, Bridget, please. Thank you so much. I mean, it's filled with some great content. This Cat Kid Comic Club, the second one coming out in the fall. Like you have Chubbs McSpider, but like he's oh a like claymation slash Ken doll with like weird, like fuzzy pipe legs. Then, you know, you have Baby Frog Squad, which is these little clay guys. He's he's trying out all different mediums here. But then, you know, and it's filled with laughs and hilarious moments. But then you have like beautiful haikus. You just slipped those in there. That looks like a poetry book. You just slipped inside. Yeah, these beautiful haikus. And I would love to read because you you think of Dave Pilkey being like a comedy man. Like, and this is like filled with comedic moments but i wanted to share one of these like quiet thoughtful moments with you even though i probably should have picked a funny no no this is great your comedy hour but like (laughs) you know this has a picture for those listening of a rock with a flower on it and it says if you look closely you can find marvelous things that yearn to be seen If you look closer, you might find something hidden deep in the shadows. Which of these are we? Shall we hide or brightly shine? We cannot do both. It was lovely. And then I'm ending with this last little bit. It's the bottom about, it's uh, a haiku called About Haiku. And the last line of it says... Even though haiku may take decades to master, kids write the best ones. So he's inviting kids to write their own little haiku. I was like, this is special, Dave. Yeah. Like, this is so lovely. And I like, I was so unexpected in the middle of this, you know, comic book, yeah. a graphic novel, and then just this like quiet, special moment, like encouraging kids to like create their own you know content or create their own haiku and i like i teared up i was like whoa this is out of nowhere that's perfect that's so so lovely i mean he's evolving as an artist too right um yes he he really is and he's just sucked yeah he's a good good human being and i 
I feel very grateful that he's one of the authors that I get to yeah that's fantastic well bridget we're god we're over the hour mark this was such a lovely Um, conversation no 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 please tell gary to edit (laughs) (laughs) especially the part where i'm like holding googly-eyed puppets please don't use that as are you sure uh, because it's so image i'm like oh people already think no no this you're fantastic this was such a good conversation bridget i really appreciate you having it with me and let's go to the next time you're going to the museum of moving image let me know because i'm like really close and we'll just like hang out and look at some muppets and stuff that sounds that sounds like a great time so yeah i appreciate it and hopefully i will see you very very soon I'm, i'm really looking forward to catching up irl yeah yeah all right well this has been good um farewell yeah farewell bridget thank you so much i'll talk to you soon (laughs) bye (laughs) well we did it you listened to the bridget martin episode of my podcast i hope you enjoyed the dave pilkey haikus as much as i did it was such a fun chat thank you for joining us Please uh, subscribe if you haven't. Give us five stars in the store, all that uh, good fun stuff. And just send the podcast to a friend. Text it to somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. Create a little bit of a community around this podcast because there already is one. But I like to know that people are texting their friends. So text your friend right now. Say, Gabe, talk to Bridget. It was wonderful. Thanks for, uh, uh, thanks for sharing it, everybody. I appreciate you all. And I hope everybody's happy and healthy as we go into the uh, fall season. Though I'm not giving up on the last days of summer quite yet. But uh, hang in there, everybody. Chin up. And uh, I'm glad to be in your ears now and always. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.